It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. Welcome to another edition of Frontline Friday with my regular and special guest, Bridget Gleason. Bridget, how are you? I am doing great. How are you? Excellent. No complaints. How about that? No complaints. That's the way, that's the way to do it. No complaints. Yeah. Even if you have them, just keep them to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yes. That was, that was the family I grew up in. Yeah, you can have complaints. Just keep them to yourself. Um, keep them to yourself. <laughs> right. Very old school. So, uh, good. Well, did you get your run in this morning? Is, uh, as my mother used to say, is a Pope Catholic? Of course I did. I go, I'm okay. such a creature. I, our, our last, our last uh, session that we had was on habit. I am such a creature of habit. So, yes, I, I had my great run in this morning. I listen to books when I'm running. Um, I mentioned this also, the last one that I'm listening to, a more beautiful question, which is great, very provocative. Mm-hmm. So I had a great run. And you, did you have a good run? Uh, yeah, not bad. Not bad. For some reason, I was, yeah, not quite at, at uh, peak form today, let's say. But uh, yeah, I got it in. So it was good. raining a little bit. That's always nice. I love running in the rain. So uh, I know. I do. No complaints. And actually, you know, it's... As falls coming, you know, finally sort of establishing itself in New York City, and the temperatures start to drop. I have to admit, my absolute favorite thing in the world is running in the snow when it's snowing. I love that. Mm. May that seal. You know, Isn't that great? <laughs> consequence of growing up in Wisconsin, perhaps. But um, yeah, I just look forward to those those uh, those days, which I you know didn't have for years when I was <laughs> living in California. But now that I'm in New York City, I get to enjoy those a couple times a year. It's fantastic. Yeah. So today, uh, we're going to sort of riff off a question that was submitted by a, a listener, uh, Tim. Oh, good. Oh, good. I love these. And I'm going to paraphrase his question, uh, which was phrased more, more lengthily, which was basically, how do I reduce the number of no decision decisions that I have, uh, you know, prospects in my pipeline? And so this is this is a problem. You know, multiple studies have been shown, been done. I, yeah, various sources. I think yeah, lots of people listening probably have seen these. Is that it's estimated fifty to sixty percent of qualified sales opportunities in a pipeline result in what I call the no decision decision. Okay. So yeah, I think some people say that's that's a failure of qualification, but I'm not sure that's the case. I mean, as as I spend more time digging into this myself is I I wonder if it's more a question of a failure of selling than failure of qualification. What do you think? Well, I th- I would consider qualification a, a piece of selling. So well, yeah, but I, I mean, I, I, I'm talking about. But you think you think that it's that I I, I think I understand what you're saying, which is that. Actually, the prospect is well qualified, but the sales person has not been able to bring them over the line. Yeah, we didn't give them a reason to buy. 
I mean, I in, in, in short, that's... in short, I mean, we don't do a good enough job of understanding the requirements and providing a compelling reason to make a change from their existing situation, from you know, change the status quo to you know, embark on this this path of change, which motivated them motivated them to speak with us in the first place. I would say that that is. Definitely a component. That would be, I think sometimes it is just poor qualification. So I would say, just in my experience, poor qualification definitely uh, contributes to that. Well, let's, Um, let's, and then I was going to, before you go on, I was going to say, okay, well, let's, let's maybe try to quantify that, excuse me, is, is, uh, because, you know, we talked about, in our last show, we talked about habits and the importance of sales habits and qualification. Great qualification is certainly a, a habit and a, and a skill that needs to be uh, mastered. But but if you were to say, if we were to say, okay, of that, let's sort of do the even math. So fifty percent of deals, qualified opportunities result in a no decision decision. Uh, yeah, what percentage of those? Perhaps are a failure of qualification. These people should never have been in the pipeline in the first place. Your your estimation, your experience. Gosh, I I th- it varies. So I I don't feel comfortable giving a number, and the reason is is because it it varies by sales rep. It ver- like I I don't feel I could th- I could make something up, and that's all it would be is I'd <laughs> I'd be making it up, and I hate that. So okay. I'm not going to give a number because then it's going to come out somewhere that thirty <laughs> percent. I don't know, but I oh. but it makes me curious about it. And I think it's an important, it's an, it's probably an important one to track by rep, by team, by companies, because then you get at where's the real issue and where, where do my salespeople need help? Do they need help qualifying? So they're not spending time on deals that, um, should never move further or are these actually well qualified, but my team needs training or an individual needs training on, um, prevent, uh, presenting a more compelling value proposition or helping a prospect to understand what some of the needs and, and issues are that's going to help them get over the line. So I think it's an important one to track. You may, do you have a number in mind? Like, do you have a sense? You, you, you're out there as much as I am. Do you have a number of what the percentage might be? Yeah, it, I, I, I think the number is of that fifty percent. In my experience, and in my experience, I'm not afraid to throw a number out. I'm not sure that it's you know true across the board, but this is what I've seen. Yeah, okay. is that yeah about about half that number roughly. So maybe twenty five percent of all deals, just a lack of solid qualification. This, yeah, you know, potential buyer was not qualified prospect for you. It doesn't mean that they weren't. A qualified prospect to do what they wanted to do, what they wanted to achieve, and the reason they were in the in the market in the first place to buy a new solution, but they weren't a prospect for you for a number of reasons. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's about half has sort of been what I've seen. And so, I think you know, if you're saying in general, maybe a quarter of our opportunities fall out of bed because they're just not really a match for what it is we're selling for whatever reason. Yeah, I guess to your point is, yeah, we need to spend more time helping people understand what qualification really is, right? It's it's not enough just that they've, you know, meet the the BANT criteria or, you know, his new model, uh, Sean Burke at Kite Desk talking about note, uh, which I think is very well done in terms of qualification standards. Because those are, f- 
yeah, Bant at least is, is kind of superficial in some respects, right? Yeah, budget, authority, need, time frame. But that that's, doesn't really get down to what their real requirements are. And are you a fit for them? And can you, you know, be a solution that perhaps uh, the customer perceives as a relatively low-risk solution for them? So, Andy, how do you tease out whether it's poor qualification or poor sales execution post-qualification stage as a manager or because it's yeah so I'm, I'm curious how you tease that out it is it is hard, right? I mean, some of it has to sit down, and you just have to dig into it as a manager yeah. and and do deal reviews, both you know, lost deal reviews, one deal reviews, the no decision reviews. I think are really the most important because you know if if it is a qualified opportunity, and you get to the point where the customer says, "Look, we've just decided we're not going to make a decision at this time." which is, in a sense, a decision itself, then to me, that is, that is sort of the worst of all possible outcomes. You know, you know, I'd rather have gone through a deal and had the customer make a decision and go with somebody else, because at least then we knew that we, we didn't invest our time you know, unwisely. They were going to make a decision. And maybe there's things we could have done differently to win the deal. But gosh, if you invest a lot of time with a prospect and you and you know, two, three competitors... And the customer just throws up their hand at the end and just says, yeah, we're not going to go forward. You know, to me, that's, that, that's bad, right? Because then we've wasted a lot of time. We wasted their time, wasted our time. And, you know, oftentimes what I see in those cases when you do the, the review at the end of it is we just never showed the customer the value that they were going to receive from having purchased and used our solution. And so in that situation, that example that you just gave, so let's say you've got three competitors in there and the customer makes no decision. So that means all, neither of the three companies executed well. Yeah. Yes. And and I think, you know, part of the the structure that I sort of encourage my work with people to to look at this in is to sort of say, well, break break down what the customer is doing sort of into two phases, which is one is what I call the decision phase and the second phase, which is the choice phase. And they're not completely sequential, but, um, you know, the decision, the customer has to make a decision before they make a choice. The decision is, are we doing this? And the choice is, who are we doing it with? And I think this is the way most you know, businesses in the business of business space, and I think even our personal lives, this is fundamentally how people make decisions. Is yeah, we have to decide we're going to do this thing first, and then we choose who we want to do it with. Yeah, and I would almost add another is is actually timing. Do we need to make a change? Who are we going to make the change with? And do we need to make the change now? Yeah, right. Yeah, I like that. But I mean, so when you think about it, is is that first thing that we're trying to do is, is, and I think that it's really increasingly, you know, the customers are more self-sufficient in the decision phase than they have been in the past, right? No secret there. Value of the yeah. internet to them is they can go out, they can, they can, uh, you know, gather that information as much as they need, do their deep dives, all the research. 
you know, how much do they really need the sales reps? Well, I mean, that that's our says, okay, well, how are we, how are we engaging with them? Right. <laughs> we talked about that in previous episodes. Um, so yeah, you have to sort of think, gosh, we're sorry, these two things, right? Are we able to convince them that this is the right solution for them? And then two is, are we the one that they going to choose to do it with? Right. And so what do you, so let's, let's, let's say that we've ruled out qualification. Okay. So let's say that we've mastered qualification. And we'll come back and, and we'll do an episode on qualification. Yeah. Cause that's a super important one. Yes. So let's say now we're all around execution and executing to like, like this, this question, um, how do we minimize the number of no decision, which is different than if they go to a competition, but in some ways, or let me ask you, do you think that's different? Um, if it, no decision versus I lost to a competitor, is there a different skill set? Is it a different skill set of closing that you see somebody that the, the, the prospect just doesn't make a decision versus they go with a competitor versus the same skill set? Well, I think one of the things that's missing in the no decision decision oftentimes is this vision, right? That we haven't given the, the buyer the vision of how great it's going to be, right? How they're going to achieve their objectives, their goals by using our system, as opposed to staying with what they're currently using. And as you said, that there's a time imperative to proceed because of the value they're going to receive. And yeah, there's been a lot written about this idea of being able to, the importance of being able to paint the vision, the buying vision for the prospects. And so I think that's perhaps a, a skill that if you're having a lot of no decision decisions that, that you need to need to work on. Which is, you know, it's a combination of things. It's a combination of understanding the customer situation well and the customer's business, you know, where their, you know, what their value chain is. It's understanding the value that your solution can provide and how it relates to the objectives they're trying to achieve. So it's understanding your product, your service, your offering, the customer's requirements, the customer's business, customer's company, and being able to set to take them on that journey, right? Paint that, paint that vision for them. Because I think it was, I don't know, Forrester or IDC, one of those that had done a study a few years ago where they had found that uh, surveying business-to-business -business buyers, that decision-makers, that, you know, the vendor that first paints the buying vision wins the deal about two-thirds of the time. Yeah, I saw that. So, that then becomes, yeah, a fairly compelling skill that you need to develop. And it is a synthesis of the things that I talked about, you know, synthesis of understanding the customer really completely, understanding your offering very completely, and being able to bring these two together and synthesize a vision that, that they find compelling. I think the thing that sales people often miss when they hear or read about painting this vision is that again, it's not a presentation. So painting the vision, it's almost paint. It's almost like you need to take them on a journey. Oh yeah. And so it's, it's, 
it's not, again, it's not a presentation where it's a one way, hey, look at how it's going to be. But you take them along this journey of discovery where they are actually the ones that are seen and in some ways also architecting parts of this vision that's very unique to their company, their situation, but with your product in mind. And it's when I think the real skill is if it's your prospect that is painting the vision with you because you are going back and forth about your project and service and what it can do and their issues and challenges and what needs to be solved. And it's the coming together that creates this beautiful vision. It can't be done one without the other. And I think that's the real skill is it's not presenting, Hey, here's a beautiful deck where this is where you can go with our product. <laughs> no, but it's, but it's, how do we, how do we create this together that the end, the prospect is saying, that's a beautiful vision. And that, that's, the, that's the journey they want to embark on. And they want to embark upon it with you, the, whoever, the, providing the service or the product. Well, I think one of the, the metaphors to keep in mind, for, you know, if you're listening to the show and you're thinking, okay, how do I integrate that into what I do, is you know, one that I use for people is to say, well, think about it as you know, you're, either you or the prospect are standing at a whiteboard and you're diagramming what this is going to look like. And there's sort of a, an excitement around that, right? Because you, you do both, the, both parties know you're getting awfully close to what that vision's going to be. And so, yeah, everybody's kind of pumped up because you're saying, yeah, yeah, you know, we were anxious to see how this is going to turn out. And so maybe even take turns if you envision you know, a meeting. Yeah, let's, you know, let's, let's do this, let's do this. How about if we added this here? What if we could do this here? What if you did that there? And at the end, there's this, you know, we'll call it a flowchart, if you will, or a diagram. That's the vision, right? You've worked on it together. Yeah. There's this excitement. It's yes. collaborative. Perfect. And I think that whiteboard, you know, this concept of saying, yeah, if we could just stand up and you know, map this out on a whiteboard, that would be ideal. And if you've ever done that with a prospect. Uh, it's very powerful. It's very powerful. And you never forget it. And at the end of it, what you've done is, and this is you know, a phrase that I use all the time, which is, yeah, you've actually, you've won the sale. You haven't won the order yet, but at that point in time, you won the sale. Yeah, that's right. And you've got mind share. Yeah, you've got it. And at that point, it's, you know, yours to lose. But yeah, you got to sort of go through that. And if you can get your customers, it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to necessarily literally be at a whiteboard. It's a great thing to do. But, you know, there are other ways you accomplish the same thing. There are other online tools, collaborative tools you could do. It could potentially just be done through a you know, a video call, a phone call. I mean, there's, there's ways to do it, but it certainly needs to be real time. I mean, it, it, because it's a culmination, right? It's not like you're taking them on a journey from start to finish on that one, that one uh, you know, interaction. To your right. point earlier, this is part of the journey. This is the culmination of the journey. You're taking yeah, all the bits and pieces that you've had and you're stringing them together and it creates this, this, this vision. Yeah, this vision and this this journey where you're walking together and you can see, oh, this this is the this looks like a better place than where I where I am. And it, like you said, it's 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 fun. It's what's fun about being in sales is when you have this co-creative uh, experience with a customer. That's really fun. It's this collaboration. That's I think that's where the magic happens. 
Well, increasingly, too, we're talking about in sales the value to the prospect of the customer experience, of the buying experience itself. And, you know, this, this is, you know, high value customer experience. If you can go through that process with a customer, as you talked to us, co-create this, this vision, that, that has a lot of value to them. That the perception of you as a, the person, the company they want to do business with goes up astronomically, really put yourself into the driver's seat. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, if Tim was here, we'd ask Tim if that answers his questions. <laughs> but that's a good... And he can call in, write in, that's say, right. yeah, that helped or it didn't. If it didn't, let us know. Let us know we'll as well. take another shot at it. Exactly. You can reach me at unless, either Bridget or I at, at Andy at ZeroTimeSelling.com. Obviously, Bridget and I are in touch. We share the, share the questions. So, um, yeah, Tim, hopefully that does it for you. Bridget, any other additions that you want to make? Well, it just makes me excited as I think about it that, um, you know, people will, uh, I've been in sales as of you, Andy, for a long time and why we're in it and why we love it. And this, this collaboration and this co-creation is one of the things that's the most fun. Like I said, it's where the magic, it's where the magic happens. And I think getting back to Tim's question, that's what's that's what will learning how to do that effectively with a customer not for with a prospect not for a prospect i think is key in helping to uh, shrink the number of no decisions that happen is if you can get into that dynamic then you're much more likely um, you're much more likely to have a decision made and much more likely to have a decision made in your in your favor right and once you've done that the feeling is going to stick with you and you're going to replicate that feeling as often as you can with your, with your prospects. And that's the right. great thing. Then it starts becoming, to use the word we talked about in the last episode, it becomes habitual and you get better and better at it. So you become more skillful at it and, and helping lead the, the prospect on that journey. And yeah, that's, you want to replicate that feeling as often as you can. That's, that's success in sales. Absolutely. All right. What's so fun about it? Yeah, and we're in it for fun, if nothing else, right? I mean, I, uh, yes. It could all you be about what you're doing. It could be money for you, but uh, I think that lure only lasts for so long, and that has to be fun. So, well, Bridget, as always, fantastic to talk with you, and look forward to talking to you again next week. And for those of you who spent time uh, with us today, really appreciate it. Uh, Please do send us any questions you might have about sales that we could answer. And you can send those to me at uh, Andy at ZeroTimeSelling.com. And um, thanks again. Look forward to talking to you next week. And Bridget, you as well. Have a great one. Good to talk to you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.